Copywriter Marlene Ellis talking to you live from London. And last week I spoke to you about the relationship between me being a poetry performer and that journey towards becoming a copywriter. But I realised uh, there were things like I said that raised as many questions as there were answers. So today I'm going to talk about why I struggled to find my voice and why uh, there was a great need for me to find a device like poetry. And it goes into this issue of race and becoming a black copywriter today. Because I I was a, a black child who grew up white in a white environment, in a white town, with a white family. And at the time, I I really felt I was the only one in that situation in the whole world. Of course, I now know that many of us have grown up in this complex position of being white and black and then trying to navigate ourselves through it, through the course of our lives. And I just happen to be one of those people, like many. And I, for a long time, I think as a child, learnt to copy and perform other people's roles to find acceptance. You know, if it was acceptable to speak like this, I spoke like that. If it was acceptable to have certain mannerisms, I mirrored them. You know, some social workers say that when you have been raised as an adopted child or a foster child, a, a child, a black child in a white home and so on, they often should become, by profession, actors because we learn to perform, to fit in, um, you know, without even thinking uh, as a means of survival. The problem with that is that when you get older and you're out there in the world on your own, you're not sure who you are because that hasn't been the work you needed to do. And, and that's a very painful journey. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that people that are grown white to become white adults or black children to become black adults face those same hurdles. Uh, How to make these adjustments, being an adult, standing on your own two feet, just really finding who you are in the world, that is a situation for everybody. I, I, of course, I'm very clear about that. But I'm talking specifically from a race perspective. The journey of moving from growing white to becoming black is a very specific journey in itself and you can imagine it's like like entering another world in so many ways and in my case you know I was desperate to be amongst uh, other black people but um, there was a huge difficulty in being able to express myself without wanting to sound like it wasn't me And it's a peculiar situation because when you're with white people, you know, they think that you're really a strong black person. And then when you move into a black environment, you kind of feel a betrayal of your skin and sense of identity. It drips off you like liquid paint or syrup or it's a you, you feel naked and exposed because 
the persona of being a, a black person in a white environment is only there because because of the way you are objectified. And then, of course, in a black environment, that objectification disappears and you are required to be who you are. And and somebody who grows up like me, it's extremely exposing and horrifying and frightening and desperate. You know, it's 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 a it's an actually a real traumatic moment when you're confronted with the black community and you don't know how to speak or to express yourself. And you might have an opinion, but you're fearful of saying it because you know you're going to sound so, I won't say English, but white. And and, and whiteness is a certain mentality, is a certain sort of way of thinking, not just how you pronounce a word. And it, and it sort of, some people, I know I have some friends who decide rather than do the work of really looking at how do I become who I am, um, the, the, it's irresistible to just make your expressions fit your face. So, so I have a friend who grew up like me, a black person who grew up white, and now what he's done is he's rehearsed the Jamaican accent. He has performed it in the same way we were performing, as it were, as children to fit into a white society, uh, to be accepted. Now he, as an adult, has a very strong Jamaican accent, as if that is real. And he even talks to me like, yeah, what, so what, how, how it is you've got, and he grew up in the same town as me, but he's mimicked it so much that he, even though <laughs> I know it's not authentic, he talks to me as if this was his authentic, but as if he'd just come over from Jamaica. And I understand, I, I mean, I hate it because I, you know, it's, I, it's not authentic, but I understand why he did it because it cuts out all the explanation. It cuts out, it means you can, on the face of it, fit in. The problem with that is that it's another surface. I mean, performance is about that surface level. And so, you know, it doesn't take very many minutes actually to see that that is not real, that there's nothing connected to what you appear to be. So I made a decision quite early on that it wasn't about how I spoke. I Actually, you know, when I, I was talking to my biological family and I found them much later on, my cousin, <laughs> Morris, I mean, I love him like, ugh, I love him so deeply. He, um, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd start practicing patois and he'd say, and I say, yo, Aguan, and he say, shut up, of course, shut up. You know, it's like, you don't even bother with it. You know, like there was so much pain, you know, just listening to me. But I love that. I love that exchange because it was, it, it was a multi-layered thing like, listen, we don't need you to do that, to be accepted. Just be yourself. All of that it was being said in shut up. And the other part is that, Actually, it's painful for them to be mimicked as if that is, as if they are a mimic themselves. 
you know. So I learned quite a lot even in that exchange. So what I had to learn is it's not about what you sound like. 2021, there's plenty of us as black people speak with an English accent because we're English, regardless of the politics behind that statement. It's about who are you? Who are you in the end? What do you believe? How do you think? What is it you stand for? And that is the journey that unites all of us in the end. Uh, I think racially, there is this kind of which side are you going to choose? And I would say that I've never, ever chosen a side other than an anti-racist side. That's the side. If I have chosen a side, it's that. It's the side of humanitarianism. It's the side that cares about the welfare of the planet. It's the side that makes me a vegan and an anti-racist fighter because they're interlinked. It's, 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 it's that journey it's, and, and being able to say, well, why? And it's a place that's from love. It's a love for myself. The more acceptance of yourself, the more you will love yourself and your people, no matter who they are. So it's a deeply loving place I had to go to. And I get that when I first met the black community, I didn't love myself enough. And so I couldn't voice who I was. I just be had become a trapeze expert, knowing how to perform this, perform that. And then when you meet people that say, I don't want you to perform, can you cut out the performance and just be yourself? It's like stripping your clothes off and finding there's nothing else there. And I had to do that journey, especially racially, to um, figure out who I was in that. And funnily enough, so actually everything, everything has been about race, different, different sides, different corners, different curves, different you know, edges, and, but nearly everything that I've done that's been important to me has been about race. And my studies, studying law was about wanting to know how to manage social justice. Doing my MA, it was called uh, Ethnic and Gender Studies. I'd becoming a teacher, it was to try and sort of get to know how do you um, influence the power of young people. Again, very grounded in that concern for social justice. My PhD looked at the black students in further education colleges and every part of my studies was also connected to me healing myself and poetry was that other side of me you know academic writing doesn't tell you the whole story it's a marvelous discipline it's enabled me to become a researcher at with some depth and as a copywriter that is so so important and you realize just what a specialist area race is and and so it's why I feel I have really completed a circle because those early years of performing and thinking about how to fit in and thinking from different dimensions this is something I repeated once I was in the black community and have worked with so many different from so many angles, 
now maybe more much more than what I did growing up but from a business perspective from a professional teaching perspective from a political activist perspective from different types of trade in the business world from different types of research from a gender perspective from a class sexuality perspective the journey from black to becoming a proud african perspective all these things have helped me to become i'm going to become a brilliant copywriter because of the complexity of that journey in the first place but along that journey i think poetry was the first device the first way in which i could channel desperate need to explode a whole load of emotions that was was out of a box but in a genre that could mean my feelings and my words could be respected and poetry gave me that and now you understand why i had to get to that point to find a release to explain my heart i was looking to create a space for my voice when you grow up white um as a black child it's not the same as being mixed race that you are created out of uh, european and african parenting that's not my case i'm saying when you grow up as a black child but you're taken into care and, and raised white this has a different kind of cognitive dissonance because you can't integrate that you are black and white in the way that a mixed race child might you instead you're kind of the negative the antithesis of a mixed race child you're black but you're not white you're white but you're not black and that's really much more accurate and i i remember saying in my ma that that means that that it's the social equivalent of living in the crevice of the society the cracks in society by the way you know and and the, and, and i know now that there are many 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 of us as black children that have started off with a white upbringing whether temporarily temporarily or permanently that feel still stuck in those cracks and um are formed in that sort of dislocated uh place to find different homes different black communities to belong to but nevertheless feel sort of this association a quiet association to the cracks the crevices in society so that explains a little bit more of who i am um this is marlene the hatrick copywriter i shall leave it at there for today please check me out at www.thehatrickcopywriter.com and i will speak to you again on thursday morning at 11:00 have a lovely week everybody